Hello and welcome to the latest from Hearts Standard. My name is Joel Sked and I am once again joined by my colleague James Kearney as we look ahead to the Premiership encounter between Heart of Midlothian and Celtic at Celtic Park on Saturday. It will be the 28th match tomorrow, I think, since Hearts last won a league encounter. At Celtic Park, that was in April 2007. And the team that day for Hearts was Gordon, Karapidis, Berra, Zaliukas, Concalves, Mikalinas, Brelli, Kingston, Iveskevichus, Pospisil and Driver. Now, James, uh, as a Park Thistle fan, the, um, as a Park Thistle fan, you also understand the difficulty in trying to beat, uh, beat Celtic because I believe you've not beaten them in a very long time either. No, no, I think it's the nineties. Um, but well, but I, I'm 31 years old, and certainly my kind of match-going memories. <clears throat> I've never seen so uh, this will beat Celtic or Rangers. Yeah, yeah. so, so yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm used to it. <laughs> yeah, because uh, I'm just I'm just laughing at some of the comments coming in here because I I titled this uh, could <clears throat> I mean, could Hearts end the Celtic Park who do and. Um, one person, Ben, has just gone short stream tonight, eh? Because the obvious answer is from fans is, is no, it's unlikely the Hearts are going to uh, to beat beat Celtic at Celtic Park. It has been a very long time, and Hearts go into it with uh, um, on the back of two defeats and on the wee bit of a uh, kind of come down after the four wins in a row. And obviously, the last week has been. An interesting one, especially with AGM yesterday talking about the the style of uh, the kind of the style of play and the I think one fan, one fan in particular, the AGM kind of summed up the feeling where he talked about being completely underwhelmed. I, when I say it sums up the feeling, it was met by a lot of a lot of applause. So, mm-hmm. uh, so James can can Hearts beat Celtic at Celtic Park tomorrow in the league? I mean, it's possible, but. It's extremely unlikely, you know. And it's, you know, I just, yeah, I, I don't think it's going to happen. I'll be honest. Um, as you say, it's been a very long time since Hearts have got result. There was it fifteen years? Did you say there thereabouts? Um, uh, two thousand and seven. So yeah, it's um, two, so two thousand and nine. Since it was the last league win was sorry, last win it was two thousand and nine. The last right. uh, in the league cup, and the last league win was two thousand and seven. So my my claim to fame is I was at. I was in the away end for the last three times Hearts beat Celtic at Celtic Park, um, and yeah, when uh, two 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 wins in the League Cup and one in the end of the two thousand and six two thousand and seven season. So yeah, it's been it's been a very long time, and I hope I don't. We're not coming to trying to be all like negative and Debbie Downers. We're just we're just being realistic at uh, what to expect tomorrow. No, exactly. You know, like you know, history is not in Hearts' side. But even just looking, you know, look at Celtic's home record in general. I mean, they've not lost a meaningful game at home domestically in a very long time. Like, I think the last thing they lost a home match was at the end of a season when um, they played Aberdeen. But if Aberdeen won, then Aberdeen would finish above Rangers. And lo and behold, oh, Aberdeen won. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah so you know, I don't think we're even counting that. And even then, that's probably what twenty eighteen or something like that. Now, like, maybe possibly even earlier. So you know, yes. It's been a very long time since you know any, anyone's got a proper result there, um, and it, I think that it, it's very difficult to see Hearts doing it. Let's be honest, because like you say, Hearts come into this in poor form. You know they've lost uh, the last two matches. 
the game of Pataudra in particular would have been especially disappointing, I think. There are players injured and missing as well, as I'm sure we're going to talk about. So you know, that limits the options Naismith has to him. And yeah, it's, basically, it's a perfect storm, I think, in that you know, we've got a difficult away day. Um, Celtic as well will obviously be looking for a bit of a reaction after dropping points last weekend. They've got, I think, I'm, I'm sure I read today that Cameron Carter-Vickers and Dyson Maeda are back and available for them again. That's oh, of course big, they are, of course they are. A very big boost because I think they're, you know, Carter-Vickers is perhaps the exception of Cal McGregor is probably Celtic's most important player. Like when you take him out of the team, you notice a big difference. Um, and obviously Maeda is, I, I'm, I think he's a remarkable player just the amount of, just the amount of running and effort he puts in off the ball. Uh, yeah, so yeah, again, just basically everything that could go that could go wrong seems to be going wrong uh, at the moment. So I, I, it's a very, very tall order, and I think that I'm, I'm sure that all the Hearts fans that are heading along on on Saturday will be doing so more out of hope than expectation. I think um, I, I, it's, it's it's very difficult to see, uh, particularly as well when you look back at the game at Tynecastle earlier in the season when. You know, Celtic turned up that day, they were on it, and Hearts were just blown away within the opening, what, 20 minutes, half an hour or so, and the game was basically dead. So, yeah, I mean, it's going to be, I fear it could be a, a long afternoon, I'll be honest. I don't think it's going to be great. But, uh, but you know, you never know. You never know. You know that's, the, that's the joy of that's the joy and the beauty of football, that, you know, weird things happen every now and again. But yeah, I, I, won't, I won't be putting it on my coupon, put it that way. We'll get on to, yeah, absolutely not. Uh, we'll uh, get on to talk about team selection and the, the potential players who could be missing and the players who are, uh, will be missing. I And fear of and wary of this getting clipped up by Celtic fans and being made fun of, which uh, wouldn't be for the uh, wouldn't be the first time. I'm sure it won't be the last time, but it always feels with, with Celtic um, that when it comes to hearts, there is an element of them raising their, their game a wee bit further that just because you look at Celtic and, and domestically, their big game is Rangers. They, they they play four to five massive domestic games every season and that's when they play Rangers. And then Hearts are probably on the level below that, uh, maybe just tucked in between uh, um, between Rangers and then like you go right down, you got Hearts and then just, uh, just ahead to Aberdeen and Hibs because, again, there's that rival, rivalry from... Uh, just throughout uh, Scottish football, that Hearts are aside from Rangers, the team that Celtic really, really want to beat. So there's always just that, just this natural um, ability to uh, to raise the game, especially at Celtic Park, where Celtic fans really don't want to see Hearts get anything from uh, from the game. So there's there's always that factor. But in terms of the the, the team selection, so Cami Devlin is definitely out, and then. There are others who will likely miss out. So Callum Newnoff, um, he's a doubt because of a hand injury, as uh, Barry Anderson reported earlier in the week. Liam Boyce is, again, he's still carrying a knock, so he's a doubt. And uh, I think it was the, uh, the Scotsman uh, from the broadcast interview today noted that Alex Lowry is also a doubt for tomorrow's mm. match. So it can it, it limits uh, it limits your options in certain areas. James, I've not had a I've not because uh, we came straight on this. I've not had a, um, a look at your predicted lineup. And you've seen mine. Are have we agreed on the predicted lineup, or is there? A surprise or two from yours because I've I've gone for I've gone for Clark and then the usual back three of Kingsley, Kent and Rose, 
Benny sitting in front with Grant and Aiden Denham as the two number eights, Sibic and Cochrane as the wing backs, and then you've got Vargas and Shankland in attack. Yeah, that's exactly what I did as well. <clears throat> yeah. we, we came up with the exact same team. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I, I think that was fairly obvious that, I mean, I think there's one or two areas where you go, well, you know, for instance, if Craig Gordon is up to it, then yeah, it wouldn't be a surprise to see him parachute straight in. The second he's ready, he's coming back into the team, you know. So I'm not, so I think, I, in my view, I think if he's on the bench, then he's ready. I've, I've always agree. I've always have of the view that if the player's on the bench, then he is ready to play, especially for a goalkeeper. He's, he's ready. If he's a goalkeeper's on the bench, then I think he's ready to play first team football. My um, my preference would be for Craig Gordon to start, but the reason I've chose Clark is that's because who I think Stephen Aceff will go for. Mm. No, exactly. Yeah, I mean, I'm <clears throat> in a similar boat, but I mean, eventually one of these weeks it's going to be Gordon that's going to be back in the lineup. I'm sure. I'm sure that day's not too far away. I yeah. would imagine. Um, again, <clears throat> similar sort of thing you could say about Halkett, but I think that when he came on against Aberdeen the weekend, he did look a bit rusty. Still not quite up to, uh, quite of, understandably, not quite up to full speed yet. And when you're going away to start Celtic Park, you d- you can't have defenders who are kind of 60, 70, 80% there. You know, everyone needs to be Shot. absolutely on it. You know, yeah. that, That's why for the same reason I think that Atkinson won't make the cup. Because again, again, we saw that against Rangers um, last week, week before. Yep. When he just, you know, he's put straight back into the starting lineup, and he he did toil. You know, I like never. It was weird because there were a couple. Of, he made a couple of great defensive blocks um, to keep Rangers quiet at one end, but on the ball he was really rusty. Um, made, made poor decisions. Just didn't look up to the pace of the game. And again, I don't think that's the sort of risk that you can take it. And he's had an illness. Quiet. He's had an illness recently as well. Of course, exactly. Yeah, yeah. So. I don't think I don't think we'll see him come in. Um, but I think, though, like you, I think we will see the midfield <clears throat> change a little bit. And obviously, up at Pataudry, it was kind of like two number eights and a number ten sitting in front of them. I mm. think we're more likely to see Beningami drop back to number six, and then, like you say, with two centimeters ahead of him, just because. <clears throat> again, it's something we've touched on a lot on the um, <clears throat> on the site before, but obviously, he brings a lot Beningami in that role just really helps in terms of the build-up play, in terms of just having options to build out from when you're passing out from the back. And then out of possession, it just um, provides an extra layer of defence in that central area of the park, which is going to be really important, you would imagine. Um, and then, yeah, because because we're assuming that Neuenhoff's out, we're assuming that Lowry's out. Obviously, we know Devlin's out. He's going to be out until... It's, it sounds like he's not, he won't be back until after the winter break, but it sounds yeah. like... Um, so it does leave you incredibly short of options because you look at it and you go, <clears throat> all right, that's three midfielders, three players who could potentially play there. They're out injured. There's Halliday and um, Haring who just appear to have just completely fallen down the pecking order. So that basically just leaves you with the midfield of Benningamy, Denham and uh, George Grant. I'm, I'm sure you had the same problem when you were trying to think, oh, okay, who could it be? And it's like, well, there's only really two options here yeah so on on that that's that's where i, I kind of posed it in the uh, uh, my section of the predicted lineups is i thought you could you could argue you could go three four three that's not a system that's uh unusual to a lot of the players in the squad because it's a system that robbie nielsen played a lot certainly in his in the it, it's last season uh before he was replaced with stephen naysmith and then you think you could have Shanklin through the middle with Fargas and kind of Barry McKay playing off them, but then it leaves you, I think, a, a player short in midfield. 
it's it's one of those do you balance up like Scott Alexander says in the comments that like, need to be positive that a kind of three four three would certainly um, signal positivity, but then you have to balance that with you're coming up against the, the Scottish Championship. They're not as good as they have been the last couple of seasons, but still, you don't want to leave yourself too ex- exposed. And again, it's it's at the moment you just it's hard to kind of um, trust trust the team to be to be expansive. Is good enough? Are we good enough at the moment to go to Celtic mm. and? play a bit more expansively and take the game to, to Celtic I'm not sure but I mean it's um, at the same time wouldn't mind seeing seeing that but I'm just well, I don't that. Mean, it wouldn't be the most unwelcome thing in the world but yeah, <clears throat> let's be honest it would be a pretty big departure from what we've seen under Naismith so far you know we've, we've not really seen you know get uh, the team ever play a you know, proper handbrake off and let's go and have a go mm. That's not really what we've seen so far. So again, I think that I, I, I'm with you. I think that um, you know these two. If say the Celtic on to win, say it's two 0 or something like that, defeats like that become a lot more palatable <clears throat> if your team's had a go and you, you can see there's been an intent there. And okay, you can you can lose the game, but as long as there's you know some kind of <clears throat> game plan to try and actually attack and win and score goals, you know that could be a lot easier to forgive. Whereas if you sit back and you get battered three 0 that's when people start to get really annoyed, as you know, as yeah. we've seen at a certain points through uh, Naismith's reign. So, yeah, no, I think that it, it would be nice, but I wouldn't expect it to be honest. I, I don't, I don't think we're going to see a gung ho Hearts tomorrow. I think it'll be a quite controlled, defensive, and conservative Hearts, shall we say? Yeah, I, I mean, saying that, I think Naismith won't go. I, I, I don't think Naismith's the type, and he's he's came out and, and and said this that he'd go and just sit in, and I think people will throw the Aberdeen aspect back in it, where they went one up and then just never responded to Mossi's goal when it went one one, and then the late goal as well. It, it did at times look like the Hearts were just like we'll just hang on to hang on to what we got, but I don't I don't see Naismith going to Celtic Park and just going right. We are here to sit on the edge of the box and defend. Mm. There'll be there'll be much more of a balance between that and inter, but there'll be that's where the is is talk of being brave and if there's an opportunity to go forward, go forward, and if there's an opportunity to keep the ball, keep the ball. So it will be a bit probably a bit of uh, cat and mouse. Before we get on to kind of talking about the tack, just want to ask uh, an Andrew uh, question from Andrew Jack: Would playing Halliday be uh, really so bad? Um, no, I think he's, he's the type of player that's never let hearts down. Mm. It's just like uh, James said, he's you, you said, James, that he's just fallen, fallen down the pecking order. I uh, don't think he's really in uh, Naismith's uh, plans. You go back to the derby and not being brought on to play to play left back. Uh, Mafia, Mafia would uh, play Halliday is that, uh. You, you you chuck him in at Celtic Park, you'd be so pumped up that he just maybe it would be uh he'd go OTT and uh, leave himself maybe get booked early on and he's walking a tight line etc etc. Because we know that like if you, if Harold is playing at Celtic Park, he's going to get dogs abuse. Yes, off of the home crowd. We know we know that you know we know we know that it's not going to be an easy afternoon for him and all the rest of it. No, I think Andrew makes a good point, and I think ability wise, yeah, I think he could do it. But it's that whole thing of well, we've not seen him play all season. Mm-hmm. Then there's, you know, again, there's only so much you can get from training games. There's only so much you can get from 
friendlies or whatever. You know, like you need competitive matches under your belt in order to get up to speed. And again, just I think chucking them in against you know the best midfield in the league against you know guys like you know asking to like right, you go mark Matt O'Reilly after not having not played a, you know played a game all season or whatever. It's like it's just that's an awfully big ask that to say to anyone just to pitch them straight in and be like, all right, this guy's the best player in the league on form at the moment. On you go. Yeah, stop him. It's like that's that's a very big ask. But then having said that, it's also a big ask for Aiden Denham. You know, it's going to be a really big afternoon for him because yeah, it's going to be massive. Yeah, yeah. It's a, it's a, you know, he doesn't get <clears throat> he's not had too many starts of late. Like I know he had a couple obviously earlier on in the season, um, and I think that obviously he made a mistake against I think it was Dundee, wasn't it, at the start of the season, and he kind of fell out the team after that. Mm. Um, yeah, it's going to be an absolutely huge challenge for him. Again, I think he's up against some of the best players in the entire country. I think you know, um, Celtic's midfield is very, very strong. But you know, these are the kind of games where you can you do learn a lot from them. I would yep. imagine you know you get to test yourself against the best players, see how they do, see what they do, and hopefully you can hold your own against them. So yeah, it'll be a really big afternoon for him. Arguably the biggest of his career. You think if he does start, um, and then of course. Grant as well is going to have a lot of responsibility in there because, um, again, there's not much creativity in either of our teams, either of our lineups, and uh, yeah, I, I just don't. I, I don't think Denham's that kind of player. I don't think Beningami's that kind of player. I think that basically all of the creativity in the midfield is going to have to come from George Grant, which again, that's a lot of expectations to put on his shoulders. But yeah, there's not really many other options there. And I suppose on, on top of the like the the, the the creative responsibility on Grant, the midfield as a whole, looking at the wing backs, I'll exclude B- Benny in this. But the, the if 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 our, if our lineup is um, as we predict, the four in front of Benny, Civic, Cochrane, and then Grant and Denham, there'll be an onus on them to get up and support Shankland and Vargas because Shankland and Vargas were uh, kind of. Um, what's uh, what's the word I was uh, what's the word I'm looking for? They're kind of you know left out, uh, left up on their own against the second mm-hmm. half of Aberdeen. They didn't really get much. Uh, they're isolated. Didn't get much much of support, and that's again massive. To go to Celtic Park. You need to have uh, a, as Scott Alexander says, use pace up top. But you need to have pace at Celtic Park. Vargas at the moment looks like the quickest, uh, quickest forward forward hearts uh, hearts have got. Um, I mean. Naismith could play Oda through the middle. It's not his position. He could play Tagawa. I'm going to say he won't play Tagawa just because he didn't really assert himself uh, off the bench uh, at Pataudry. So it does seem like it'll be, uh, I would imagine, Vargas up front with, with Shankland. Yeah, I would think so. Yeah, I did, this did make me kind of sit and pause for a moment and try and figure mm-hmm. out what, would actually, what we'd actually see. But I think that you know, Vargas and Shankland, I think particularly in the first half at Pataudry, they actually played quite well. I thought they linked up quite well together. Um, and I think there are actually a couple of occasions when Vargas was in a great position to receive the ball and Shankland didn't quite get it to him, for instance. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think he's shown enough, I, I think, uh, against from the Aberdeen game that he deserves another goal. Tagawa, on the other hand, I think that he didn't really offer much at all when he came on against Aberdeen. I'm pretty sure he lost the ball every time he got it, or near enough did. And in the previous game against Rangers as well, obviously he was given a start there. Didn't make much of an impression at all. Um, couldn't really get into the game. Couldn't even get on the ball. So I think that, yeah, I think Vargas deserves his chance. And like you say, he's got that pace about him as well, which you absolutely do need it against Celtic because we know that it's very difficult to score against Celtic. We know they make life hard for you. But we also know that 
one area where you can do that is definitely you know you can by catching them on the break, hitting them with a counter attack, getting a bit of pace, getting in behind. And if the other area as well, actually, is probably set pieces where I don't, I'm not convinced they're particularly strong at the back when it comes to defending free kicks, corners, that kind of thing. And recently, of course, Hearts have kind of added that strength to their bow after going so long without scoring a, an attacking set piece all season. I think we're on two and five games now. Mm. Which, you know, it's not. It's still only two swallows. It's not quite a summer, but you know, we're getting <laughs> yeah. there, and you know, it's, it's, it's certainly moving in the right direction. And, you know, again, I, I think if if Hearts are going to score and they're going to Heart Celtic set pieces is going to be one area where they can do it. How many they'll get? Is, on the other hand, that's a completely different matter. I, I don't think there'll be that many Hearts corners or free kicks or that many that kind of thing. But when they do arise. That will definitely be an opportunity, surely. So we've we, we've talked about Hearts and kind of ran through the the lineup. Looking at Celtic, uh, I mean, we've got don't have to dwell too much on Celtic. They are um, the most expensively assembled squad in in, in in Scotland. They've got the the, the reigning champions. Everyone knows the the qualities that Callum McGregor possesses. Possesses Matt O'Reilly possesses. Lewis Palmer's come on to be a really key figure. Mikey Johnson's back in the fold as well. O has scored a few goals. My um, my big one is Kyogo uh, Furashi has mm. um, has has not been as effective as he has was he, as he was under Ange Postecoglou. I think I make it. He scored one goal in the last eleven games. Straight away, thinking adding one, uh, adding two and two. I'm getting I'm getting four goals for him against Hearts tomorrow. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I don't know if I'm going to get four, but uh, no, Kyogo's a really interesting player, actually, at the moment, because you know we've all seen him over the last couple of years. We know exactly what he brings to the team. We know his, his movement's exceptional. He's a very clever player. He's you know very instinctive, great finisher. But the big thing at the moment is he doesn't get on the ball at Celtic. Mm. Um, you know, obviously, since Brendan Rodgers has come in, they've changed the way they attack slightly. And and one of the big things is that, I mean, in, in Furuhashi, he never... He was never one of these guys that's constantly on the ball. Even under Postacolco, he didn't get many touches per game. But, I mean, it's, it's shrunk right down. And now he, he barely has any influence whatsoever. And it's just the way that Celtic are attacking, it doesn't really seem to suit him. Um, and I, I think even if you look back at Brendan Rodgers' first spell at Celtic, those um, he's not the kind of striker that he likes. You know, I think uh, Rodgers typically tends to go for kind of big physical um, centre forwards, I don't think Kyogo's that whatsoever. <laughs> you know, I think he's got a diff- completely different kind of player. And we even saw during pre-season that I'm sure that you know um, Dyson Maeda was playing up front in a couple of games for Celtic as the lone striker. So I'm, I'm not convinced that Rodgers is totally sold on Kyogo. Weirdly enough, um, and certainly the way they play at the moment doesn't it doesn't bring the best out of him. He does struggle to get into the game, and I think that put, put that up against a back three of a number six in front of him. In front of it as well, and all of a sudden it makes it very difficult to get to get involved in the game. So I actually think that, and again, ask completely asking for trouble here. <laughs> I actually think that Kyogo could struggle tomorrow. And there we go. I've said it. I've got contenders. Yeah, I've doomed us to a five-nil defeat. But there you, you go. Done, you've done it. You've done it. Uh, so before we move on to uh, just touching on the AGM before we finish. L- Celtic, I think it's important to say that we, I think we've been quite down, and it's just mm. I think it's just natural pessimism of uh, Hearts going to Celtic, judge uh, going on the last what 15, 16 years. But Celtic are 
they're, inf- they're infallible. They um, they have dropped points to Motherwell, St Johnston, Hibs this season. They got beat by Kilmarnock at the weekend, uh, and it wasn't like a smashing grab from Kilmarnock. It was a very very good performance from Kelly and a, a, a deserved win. So second time this season as well. Yeah, second yeah. time this uh, well, second time. Very similar sort of game. Yeah, and. So it it shows you, and also to make the point that I know they beat beat them three one in the end, but St Johnston gave them a lot of trouble at McDermott Park earlier on this uh, this month as well. It, it was uh, I think St Johnston took uh, took the lead, and uh, Rogers had to rediet uh, the right act at half time. So there is there is reason reason to believe if you were to pick out kind of like three main things hearts need to do to get a uh, get a result what what do you think uh, what do you think those um kind of those three are and uh we'll, we'll, we'll take set pieces we'll give we'll give that as one yeah, so, uh, set pieces um i think as well progressing the ball quickly up the park i mean it's mm-hmm. again, something that i know it's been we've spoken about a lot i know it's been a bugbear of a lot of fans that <clears throat> things can be a, get, a bit pedestrian at times but Getting the ball from back back to front quickly, you know, testing, asking questions of the Celtic defence. You know, give them balls in behind. You know, make them make them chase after things, make life difficult for them. Just ask some questions because one of the things that we do know about the Celtic team is the fact that they've got a very unsettled back line. You know, they've not they very rarely played the, t- the same back four two games in a row this season. A lot yep. of players have come in and out of the team. <clears throat> you know, that understanding isn't perhaps there. Um, and particularly with some of the guys like, you know, uh, Scales, obviously, who wasn't at the club last season, or Lagerbielka, who's, on, who's only just come in, Nat Phillips, who's just come in. These are new players who are still getting to know their teammates, still getting to know their roles, and they are, like you say, yeah, they're they're, they're fallible. You know, they're, that's definitely an area to heart. So I think, yeah, making the most set pieces is going to be really important. <clears throat> um, yeah, getting the ball from back to front very quickly, important, ask some questions. And then, <clears throat> that's a bit of a cop-out, but get that little bit of luck you know whether yeah. that be you know they go down they get a man sent off whether it's a ball go, a goal goes in because it goes off somebody's arse whether it's a, a dodgy call that just falls hearts his way a dodgy penalty decision not that Celtic may tend to get many of those against them at Parkhead but anyway um I just think that I you know yeah you do need that little bit of luck I think I don't think that I, I you know I think it's it's conceivable that you could see hearts Going there tomorrow and getting something, getting a result, maybe a draw, maybe even a win. I don't think it's conceivable that you can see Hearts going there tomorrow and you're know, playing playing Celtic off the park and strolling. You know, I don't think that's going to happen. So yeah, I do think you need that wee bit of luck. Um, yeah, so yeah, that, that, that's that's my two cents for what it's worth. And uh, David Watson on Facebook has added a fourth one and says, "Do what Kelly done in their faces from the start." Which yes, because um, they, they, don't, they don't like that. They don't, you yeah. know. My my only issue that I think every I think every Hearts fan is that's that's what they see from Hearts is uh, that's what they want to see from Hearts is a team that's aggressive and conf- confrontational and really makes it difficult and just a, a real pain in the arse to play against. Mm. My issue is my, my my fear is that you just look at this, the the makeup of the squad and I just don't know if it's if the the squad is there to to get at teams in in that way that energy high tempo off uh, off the ball into uh, i think the like the, the the pressing has been good at times like this season like high up the, the pitch but i think that's more kind of um 
just kind of more makes a bit more methodical and uh, the way it's worked and shaped. Whereas you look at the, the the team as a whole, it's not a lot of kind of tempo urgency there. Just that mm. kind of aggression, if you know what I mean, the aggression to get a uh, to get up and in in front and in um in opposition players' faces. So, but we'll see. I, uh, I I'm often wrong, so hopefully I'm wrong in this instance. We'll finish off James by the. By uh, talking about the AGM yesterday, obviously I did. I jumped on and did a video yesterday after the club one, and then I went to the, the the foundation of Hearts AGM. So this is this is your opportunity to ask me any questions from that that you may have, having read all the stuff that came out of it. Yeah, no, absolutely. So I guess um, one of the things that I was interested in was oh, it's probably the, the most biggest talking point was probably the Shankland stuff where we were talking. was talking about. You know, our our hearts going to try and get him on a new deal. Mm. What kind of you know what kind of bid would be impossible to turn down? All that kind of thing. So, how did what was your take on that? From is it Andrew Andrew McKinley, wasn't it? That was asking yeah, yeah. And I'm just kind of, he was he was very uh, he was he was very um, straightforward, straight to the point. In that hearts won't sell Shangland unless it's an exceptional offer. Now, what that exceptional offer is. We're unsure. He was he was reluctant um, on or off the record to put a, a number on it. So mm. I don't know what that number is. So it's just left to us to uh, to speculate on that. But he did. One of the comments I really liked from him was the fact that he said he, he brought into the uh, he brought up the fact that the European money that Hearts could get by having Shankland in this in, in the squad. So he basically said you, you, you can you can use that as a starting point uh, and then. I would, I would imagine that's a starting point, and then you can add his what these maybe see his value is, how he's important, and if there is, and obviously you've got that premium if there is, um, a, for example, Rangers that comes in from if it's a Premiership club, there's always going to be that extra bit of uh, extra premium. So yeah, I do think the the big thing is Hearts won't want to sell. I've also found it interesting in terms of a new contract that he said the focus is on paraphrasing here but the focus is on the players who are in the last six months of their deal and then the January transfer window and then it kind of said there's there's likely that talks will begin in uh, begin in January or towards the end of January on that one I'm like Shanklin is a player that just you just try and open talks as soon as possible and, and yeah. basically just say would you like to stay uh, and then get an, get an answer from there because then that allows you if you if you go to Shankland and his agent now, and he turns around and goes, "No, I'm not." Uh, I'll, where his head's at, it's like, are, "Are you looking for a move? Are you wanting to stay? Are you waiting, wanting to wait out and see?" At least then he gives Hearts an answer, so they can mm. know. It's like, okay, he says he wants to go in January. Then you're just thinking, right? Well, uh, we don't want to lose you in January, but we better start looking for potential replacements if. You do want to leave in January, and then there's a massive bid or exceptional bid that the, the club would accept. Or if it's a case of, though, I'm uh, happy to kind of wait and see what happens, then it still allows you to plan ahead to head to the summer. So I think the sooner that the club start having those talks with Shankland, the better, because in an ideal world, he signs, uh, signs a new deal. I think it was saying Graham. Um, Graham, who often uh, comments uh, on these podcasts and uh, gets involved, he said on Twitter, seen his uh, quote from one of our one of our tweets was that he is the most 
like kind of influential, important player since Rudy Scatchell. And I completely agree with that in terms of yeah. the, the influence he has on the team. So he's a, just the type of players like you just try and get them tied down. If the Hearts manage to get them tied down, imagine the uh, imagine the positivity that I would give to the and to the club's fans. So yeah, I, I I like the fact that they said that it would take an exceptional offer, but also was wary of the fact that they're um they're, they're not like urgently opening contract talks with Shanghai, which I think should should be happening. Should be a should be a priority. You, you would like to think so, wouldn't you? I mean, yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, yeah, yeah, that's an excellent point. Yeah, he probably is the most influential player since Scatch in terms of his importance to the team. And right now in the Premiership, it's hard to think of any other team that are so reliant on one player. Um I can't think of any other team at the moment who are <clears throat> who are yeah who they've got one player who scores half their goals for instance or anything like that. There's nobody else quite like that. So uh, yeah this piece of, uh, so the piece we did there on uh, earlier in the week it was in, in terms of the league Shanklin's goals are uh, in terms of league goals 47 I think it was around 47 48 percent off hearts as total, yeah. The the next the next nearest player who has is as important was I think it was Miofsky, and his was like thirty two, so thirty two percent. So you just you, it just straight away you can see how how important Shanklin is. Shanklin is, and McKinley mentioned that as well. It's like I would hope that uh, other players start chipping in, uh, chipping mm. in with goals. Again, it's hard to see which players are going to be doing that again just just the importance of Shankland is doesn't need to be doesn't need to be said <laughs> I, I suppose there's one point as well that, that, that caught my eye from the AGM and it was it must have been when um somebody speaking to Joe Savage I, I'd assume um and they were talking I think I'm sure it was Joe Savage but I, I didn't see the question but I saw the answers and it was him speaking about the fact that um he thought that some of the the transfer business that the, the players that have been brought in maybe went up to the required standards, um, which I thought was good. That's quite a it's quite it's quite a bold thing to say, isn't it? Particularly when you know some of these players are only been in the door for what four or five months. Yeah, absolutely. I think it was. Uh, I, I think that's. I think those comments were were certainly some that stood out to fans and just thought kind of just uh, was quite eye opening that. Mm-hmm. Um, Savage said that, but at the same time, there's a lot of people have been wanting him. I've seen him getting a bit criticised for it, but at the same time, I think a lot of people have been saying just just that, and I think they've almost what they've they've been critical of uh, Savage, and then the moment he goes, you know what, guys, you're you're right, you probably are right. They've been critical of the, the recruitment. Uh, and then he gets criticised for it. <laughs> it's like that. So it's, it's, uh, it's, it's he can't, can't win. He can't win. Can't win. Yeah. Um, but I, I completely understand the point that it's quite, it was quite strong. That he did say maybe off uh, kind of the standards mm. um, <clears throat> that they hadn't reached a standard. And I wonder if it's just he was just trying to be kind of amicable, uh, amicable, and kind of reading reading the room and reading the fan feeling. It's like okay, these guys we thought were uh, we thought. Where or they could still turn out to be really good signings uh, again. Yesterday again, so like some of the guys, Tagawa, Varga, Tagawa's on a, a long term contract. So you've seen it with. I go back to Jair Tavares at Hibson. Last night with mm. Aberdeen and Frankfurt, Dante Povara. They signed this this guy out of uh, out of like the second tier of uh, or college in America. It's taken ages to like settle in, but he's eventually turning into uh, an important player so these guys take time but I do appreciate probably the balance of signing players who are maybe longer term 
they see as kind of maybe influence the team or impacting the team longer term could be balanced with signing guys who, like Kent, can mm-hmm. come in straight away and improve the team. So I think maybe this summer the balance wasn't quite uh, wasn't quite right, but I can't say that for the whole um, the, the windows going uh, like back like last summer. You brought in uh, kind of brought in Shankland uh, to uh, like Cochrane guys, Kai mm-hmm. Rose guys who just kind of slotted in slotted in straight away. But yeah, it was it was interesting to hear Savage say that, and it'll be going forward quite intriguing to see if uh, how the transfer business alters. Because he kind of said, I'm going to take that criticism on board um, and because we want to sign guys who you, you, as in the fans, want to see. So, yeah, I wonder if it will um, kind of change the change the mindset of the of, of who is, uh, what kind of profile a player is recruiting. But <coughs> one thing, I was just going to say, I, uh, and one thing I can basically rule out, uh, I know you wanted uh, Hearts to sign him, but Danny Armstrong, because apparently he's uh, will cost seven figures. I think he was, um, he certainly had interest in the in the summer and it would have taken a sizable six-figure uh, six figure deal. But I think his, uh, again, you bring in that premiership premium. Hearts mm. need to, if Hearts are going to sign players from uh, from Scotland, they need to take, a, mainly need to take advantage of the free agent market. I think that's, uh, that's, that's it. That's the area like they did with Xander Clark and Alan Forrest. Mm. That's the, that's the path or route to get players from other teams in Scotland. And, <clears throat> just, just lastly as well before we wrap up, but I mean, is it is it even a Hearts AGM if we don't talk about a Tynecastle Park Hotel? No, it's 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 definitely not. Um, the thing it was, I was I was surprised because we didn't get uh, we didn't get to speak to Budge and Budge. I think we got to speak to her the twelve months previous. So and no one asked how much was invested in how much has been invested in the Tynecastle Park Hotel. So that's something I'm still trying to uh, kind of uh, find out. But on the flip side, the projections are is that it will generate within the, like, the first five uh, five months of being operational a million pound, and that'll be substantially higher over the course of uh, course of 12 months so they really see this as a as a venture as a project that will benefit the club massively in terms of uh, finance and i think it's important to say that i know the 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 fact that the hotels it's got criticism in some quarters but there's better being something there that drives and generates money than just lying empty in the main stand and it's clear that they really see this as a opportunity to continue to grow that revenue they've um in terms of the budget for the 23 24 accounts it was just slightly lower than this year's um and which is impressive considering you're having to take away a sizable amount brought in from the european group stages because mm-hmm. we didn't get group stages this this year so they really see that as a as, as a way to bring in money seven days a week at the at the club, and it also means that there's going to be a cocktail bar as part of the uh, Sky Lounge, uh, Skyline uh, Lounge, and it's operational. I think it's the first guests are sometime in February, whenever Hearts are playing Dundee at Dens Park. So I think it's the third of February. So yeah, we'll see how it goes. But I mean, it's, um, it's looking ahead. It's it's football football clubs are businesses now, like more so than ever, and they need to do continue to invest in other areas to try and generate money that can then be reinvested into the uh, the first team so yeah that was um 
that was, uh, I think it was useful. Yeah. <clears throat> well, there we go. There we go. Um, yeah, I've, I've got an idea. Of maybe we should try and get along when it first opens up. So, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, I was, um, it's got. I was, I was thinking that as well. But then at the same time, I know the, I know the, the, some of the feeling amongst Hearts fans in the hotel. So uh, we'll see. One, maybe once um, things are better on the pitch, we can do. A, uh, we can, we can go along and have a stay in uh, the Tynecastle Park Hotel. But um, we'll, uh, we'll see how that goes and see how the, how the on-field mm. fair goes on. Yeah, well, I guess on that note, I mean, that brings us back to to Celtic and, and to tomorrow. And um, I guess, yeah, we're, we're not, I don't think either of us are feeling particularly optimistic about it. I don't, I don't think, but you never know, you know, um, these things happened, you know, cra- crazier things have happened, a lot of crazier things have happened. And at least if we go not expecting much then we won't be disappointed I, I i've just been I've, I've been buoyed by jimmy duff who's commented on youtube i can't put it up on the screen because it's got expletive so i'm not sure if i'm allowed to put it on the screen i would have put it on the screen because it's funny of course hearts can beat them they've just got to believe they can add to that celtic are expletive so get get, get into them lads uh, just I, I would say nice have just pop that on your um I would pop that on the, the dressing room wall. There's a there's a team talk done, so thank you, Jimmy. Let's uh oh yeah, let, let's let's go to Celtic Park and, and finally finally win. So we'll see. Just before we find out, I just uh, want to say that unfortunately neither of myself or James will be at the game tomorrow. We have put a press uh, we put a press um uh pass request in at the start of the week however celtic have not got back to us so um this is where the, the jose Mourinho uh meme comes in uh, <laughs> i prefer not to speak but we will still be reporting on the, uh, the game and we'll have the videos pre and post match tomorrow so be sure to check them out and obviously all the content from today's presser and uh, the agm yesterday will be up on the site across the next kind of six seven hours so be sure to check them out but until the next time thank you very much and hopefully hopefully we have a good weekend goodbye